Hello, welcome to the first episode of Wave. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy. Super excited to bring you this first episode and, and these podcasts in general. I had previously run a podcast called NF Teach, and you know, due to my sort of uh, personal interests and passion, have wanted to get a little bit more laser focused on music in Web3, and that is going to be the primary topic of conversation on episodes of Wave. And so really excited to get into this first episode with you. I was joined by Adria Delon and Liv Charette, um, both Nashville residents who I've, I've known in the space for a little bit. And we're going to sort of talk about like the one, the relationship between artist manager and artist and two, how they view the space, how they got into the space. And then like, what do they think about, you know, Spotify and the streaming services, as well as sort of the future, the next step for music NFT. So if you've been looking for another NFT podcast and you wanted to learn more about what's happening on the music side of the fence, I think you found your home. So I'm really excited to get into this first episode with Adria Delon and Liv Charette. Here we go. Wow. The first guests of Wave. This is a, a really a huge moment, a really exciting moment. I am really pleased to be joined by Adria Delon and Liv Charette. Uh, ladies, welcome. Hey, Thank thanks so for much. having us. <laughs> you know, uh, we've known each other for a bit. We met in November. I was in Nashville for a music event um, and, and uh, for a concert for my 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 buddy Steinza. And we connected there. And then you all came out to our our live mint for Steinza, which was really appreciated. But why don't we start with just some introductions? I'm going to go ahead, Liv, have you start, introduce yourself. And then Adriel, I'll have you go right after that. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Liv Charette. I'm a recording artist based in Nashville, Tennessee, originally from Ottawa, Canada. Woo, go Canada. <laughs> I've lived here for going on eight years now um and just you know been grinding and doing that <laughs> doing the thing um yeah recording artist gamer podcaster um i do all the things and now web3 enthusiast <laughs> i was just gonna ask like what are, what is the thing you don't do you knit you know i'm not a very uh good knitter if that's the term yes <laughs> never never could no can't crochet either. <laughs> I've always wanted to learn, but I've yet to learn. So that we did find something. That's great. Um, <laughs> really glad to have you here. Um, your your Canadian kindness pouring through the microphone, just as it does Aww. in person. Adria, uh, turn it over to you. Introduce yourself, please. Uh, my name is Adria Delon. I am a top-notch crocheter. Uh, just kidding. I do know how to crochet, but it is not one of my finer skills. Um, I have been in artist management and in the music industry for the greater part of two decades. Um, I started working on a college campus when I was in college, uh, promoting shows and helping bands out. Uh, and it kind of has led my path through a couple of different, um, I guess, arenas. Uh, I went to law school in Philadelphia and got to work for a small record label there and a radio station. Um, and then from there, I moved to Nashville and have been here for, oh, Lord, a long time, almost 14 years. Um, but I love the development part of management and the strategic part and 
helping artists come up with a vision that goes across a bunch of different platforms. I've never been a person who just kind of sat on the sideline and was like, okay, well, we're just going to play live shows or we're just going to release music or we're just going to do X, Y, Z. So for me, the passion for what I do comes into finding a bunch of different verticals that are really cool and resonate with the artists that I work with and helping elevate them on those platforms. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, well, that really fits into to live sort of like master of all trades, uh, doing it all. So that's cool. So uh, before we get into Web3 specifically, I would love to know how y'all connected, the two of you. Like, what? how did you two find each other? <laughs> this is always one of my favorite stories because <laughs> I feel like a giver crap about it all the time. Oh, we I can't wait met... to hear that. <laughs> Perfect. We met several years ago. I think it was like... 2016 2017 uh we met actually at a cma viewing party and we had lots of mutual friends and we met that night in 2016 or 17 and adria was actually on the road with another artist so she was kind of in and out of town a lot and i was like we have to grab coffee i just want to pick your brain on the management side you know uh, i've been here for a couple years and would love to just grab coffee and she was like sure and then um a year later we met at the same party and i was like hey so about that coffee that never happened <laughs> let's do that <laughs> and she's like yeah you got me on that one so we actually ended up grabbing coffee that week and i ended up just showing her some of my demos and i guess she liked what she heard <laughs> And it just kind of was one of those things that just happened sort of naturally. I think like as people, we always kind of saw things the same way um, and saw, you know, music and a music career the same way, like kind of how she was mentioning about, you know, different verticals and, um, you know, matched in the same kind of passion. And um, yeah, I think it was just one of those things that naturally happened. She started kind of you know, showing my music to other people in the business. And they're like, so what are you? And uh, I was like, I guess managing, right? And so it just sort of happened naturally. And we've been working together for the last four or five years. So Adria, do you awesome. accept this story as accurate and true? <laughs> or would you like to refute any part of it? I will say that is a much more polite telling of the story than uh, she usually does. It usually is. <laughs> Oh, I met Adrienne Nestor to have coffee with me and she spurned me for a year. Um, Basically. Which the facts of the story are true. Um, but in my defense, I also did not know that she was a recording artist. Um, she at the time was also a student at Belmont. Uh, and my assumption was that she wanted to get together to talk about the industry, which is fine. I love that. I'm very one hand forward, one hand back. But like Liv mentioned, I was on the road with an artist. We were on a national tour. Um, I had spent the bulk of the year on a tour bus. Uh, and so when I got home, really all I wanted to do was do my laundry and get some sleep. Yeah. And, but and maybe, maybe the approach should have been wine and not coffee for that. And maybe like after a, like a really heavy tour, um, maybe you would have been more likely to be successful. True. Should have should have asked yeah. about happy hour or something. <laughs> I probably would have jumped on that one immediately. Uh, but like Liv said, you know, we got together for coffee. And actually that same day, I ended up listening to some of her demos. And I think, you know, I have said this from the very beginning is three notes in, I was absolutely sold on 
what Liv was doing vocally and musically and all of that stuff. And as we got to know each other over the next couple of months, I, um, I realized that she is a really, really hard worker. Um, and my rule, my general rule with artists that I work with is I don't work with anybody that doesn't work harder than I do. And I work really effing hard. Um, so, you know, my mom will probably listen to this. So I don't know if I should admit that I actually say the word when I tell artists that. But, um, you know, Liv is incomparably hardworking. And you don't find that that often uh, in this industry. A lot of people will catch some lucky breaks and feel like everyone else is going to do the work for them. But I promise you that everything that we have done in her career has been a team effort. So, you know, I will give her props for telling the story in a much more favorable light than she usually does. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Thanks those are, are the <laughs> facts of the story. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and uh, I think... I've seen both in music and just in broader life, lots of very talented, but lazy, uh, you know, and sort of like natural talent will get you to a certain point. And yeah, to your point, Adria, maybe you do get lucky, but maybe you don't. And, you know, luck is sort of at the crossroads of preparation and opportunity. So the fact that live, uh, you know, grinds and, and works hard uh, across a bunch of different verticals, I'm sure was something um, that, that drew you closer Liv, do you accept what Adria has shared there <laughs> about your work ethic? How does that hey, feel I'll, to hear? I'll take it. I'll take it. I feel like that's just one of those things like my parents instilled in me, you know, when it came to school, when it came to anything that I wanted to do, if you're not going to go 100% and be the best at it, then why bother? So I've always kind of put that into all aspects of my life in general and the things, especially that I'm passionate about, like music. And, you know, I'm just grateful to work with somebody and have a team that, you know, is as passionate about, you know, making my vision, vision come to life as well. And so, yeah, I do appreciate that very much because it does take a lot of hard work. And if anything, you know, these days, I think it's, it's not just one thing. It's not just showing up at the studio and writing the song. It's not just playing shows on stage. It's really, that's like the 20% that you get to enjoy as an artist is do all the musical things. But on the back end, it's, you know, the marketing side, it's designing what you want to see, what you want the world to see um, as, you know, as your brand that, that is out there in the world to, you know, what more could we be doing to get the music out there? What are different avenues, you know, whether it's Web3, whether it's gaming, whether it's whatever I'm passionate about. And I'm well, just, let, you know. let's stay right there, which is, yeah. you know, the, the your entrance into Web3 live. How did you hear about it? And then walk me through like the conversation after we get through the huh from Adria. I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about with this? Because it, anytime you explain Web3 to someone for the first time, there's sort of a general like what and like this doesn't make sense. Um, so nope. <laughs> walk me through your exposure and your sort of falling down the Web3 rabbit hole and then how that went with Adria. Yeah. So we were actually out at drinks. The first time I ever heard of the term Web3 or especially NFTs was uh, we were out to drinks with a friend that actually works at one of the major labels here. And she had been in Web3 for at least a year or two before uh, before our conversation. And she was just saying how this was kind of going to be a new wave, you know, for music and that it should be something that we strongly take a look at and start to 
kind of branch out and understand. So it definitely piqued my curiosity that day. I think we were kind of in the middle of a lot of things like single releases and promoting. And so when I finally had a minute to kind of breathe, I was like, okay, I keep kind of hearing this term here and there. Uh, what does that actually mean? And what does that mean? Like as an artist, how can I leverage this? And when I finally started to kind of dive into it and understand what it all meant, I was like, Adria, I think we really have to take a look into this because there's something here for sure. And it's not just music, it's so much more than just that. So let's kind of start to learn it and dive right in. And, you know, <laughs> props to Adria, because she really jumped into it too, you know, on Twitter, Twitter spaces. And honestly, I think she has more NF NFTs than I even do. Um, and she's just fully embraced it. And, um, yeah, we just started kind of building and and I think becoming collectors first and really really understanding it because it's not something you learn overnight and I think it's something that we're all still learning. It's well, so I, new. <laughs> you're you're right. And as a musician, I mean, we can talk about Soldier Boy nuking mm -hmm. his floor uh last night and probably do a whole episode on that. But, you know, <laughs> so so Adria, Liv comes to you and says, "Hey, I've heard about this web3 stuff. I'm hearing it everywhere. Like we should take a look at this." You know, what was sort of the homework that you did to to ascertain whether you thought it was actually worth, you know, your efforts? Because to to both, I know, you know, we haven't talked about your work ethic, Adria, but you're an ultra marathon runner. So goodness sakes, like when you when you go, you go hard. You know, what was the sort of homework process that you did as an artist manager to go? Should we spend time here? Is this a bubble or a fad? Is this valuable? Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm a little different than your average run-of-the-mill manager and that I am not very risk-averse when it comes to ideas that my artists come in with. Uh, as long as they can back it up with why they want to do it, I'm willing to jump in and research it. And so that's kind of the first thing we talked about is I said, look, I want to look into this. I want to look into it from the collector side. I want to look into it from the practical side. Uh, I want to meet some of the people who are doing it and doing it well. Um, and so, you know, I, I bought my first crypto and then, you know, I bought some NFTs and then we very early on went to a conference, um, a very small conference, shout out to Midwest Con. It was amazing to meet the people there doing really cool boots on the ground things in a lot of ways with NFTs. Um, and I think the whole Web3 world just kind of opened up to where I saw it larger potential outside of just music and outside of just fan engagement. Um, but I became a, like a degen for a hot minute, not in the selling perspective, because I've never sold a single NFT I've ever bought. I only buy things that I actually genuinely like, that I would like to see on a digital frame on my wall or that I like the community or that I like the artist. Um, but yeah, I mean, I jumped in head first. Uh, I got a lot of NFTs. I, I got involved in a lot of communities and just figuring out how it all works, I think was the first step. So, you know, Liv and I own some of the same NFTs. We own some different ones. Um, we have, have taken a chance to dive into some different communities. We've dived into communities together um, and just kind of figuring out and researching to no end because I'm a research nerd. 
Um, that's actually what I do when I'm running ultra marathons is I listen to um, journal articles and podcasts about things that I'm interested in. Oh my gosh. Um, and so nerd yeah. alert. Oh man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you said it, Liv. Uh, so I'm not the only one, but I mean, imagine like, what, ultra marathons, what, like 60 miles or something? Oh, God. Uh, it starts at, it, technically it's anything over a marathon so once you've crossed the 26.3 okay. mile well, mark even yes. that's crazy you know but yep. races tend to be 50k and above um and so i started at 50ks which is 31 miles um i ran a 50 miler last year right before my 40th birthday which was pretty <laughs> cool uh, you know, I do crazy things. It's what I do. But I mean, man, uh, your podcast cue to get you through that race. Um, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a thing. So you've already touched a bit on this about fan engagement, but I, I don't know. I don't know who wants to take this first. I, I mean, I think Adria, I'll throw it to you first, which is like, what, what are the merits of web three music specifically? Let's not, let's not go broader web three that wave is meant to be a music NFT focused podcast. Like, what is the sort of stuff that you look at as some of the really, really great things that it can accomplish and do? There are uh, so many things that music NFTs can actually accomplish. But I think for me, my favorite is, and this is going to tell my age, but I'm old enough to have been in fan clubs where there was engagement with the artist and there was a genuine artist fan connection. And that's largely been lost over the past 10 or 15 years. Um, and I mean, we can talk about streaming at some point. I have a lot of thoughts, good and bad, but I think what music NFTs can do is restore that artist fan connection that, because currently artists don't necessarily know who their fans are. They know about how old they are. They know about where they live. They know about how much music they listen to at any given time, but outside of an actual fan club, uh, which that has largely gone away for a lot of artists as well. You know, this is the new way of engaging a community in a way that they not only get to engage with the artists, but they get to engage with each other. And that's something that I love so much and why I love community in general so much is because you go, oh, you like that? Me too. Like how many times have you been somewhere and you have on a t-shirt of a band that you think nobody's ever heard of and somebody goes, oh my God, did you catch that sh their show at whatever venue? You're like, yeah, I was totally there. You know, and how many people love getting on board with a band before they explode? And so I think NFTs and music NFTs in particular have a unique angle on being able to restore that artist fan connection and that fan to fan connection. And that's probably my favorite thing about it. And one of the things that I'm so passionate about, like this is my soapbox and I will stand and preach this. This is the hill that I will die on. But restoring the artist fan connection is so important. And this is probably the easiest and most innate way to do it. Really like what you said there. Specifically, what it reminds me of is like discoverability. Like your your point around, like I was at a show for the Killers in maybe like 2002 or 2003. And I had gotten introduced to them by their entertainment lawyer at a, at a show I was playing in Vegas. And uh Long story short, I went to Subterranean in Chicago. There were like six people there and I saw the killers and such an awesome experience to have. But I think about the fact of like what a dope ass flex it would be if I would have had a po-op from that show and I was able to actually prove that I was, 
there or it had a digital collectible of some kind that was soul bound that couldn't be sold or transferred that was like I was there. And so much of that is for someone who's an audiophile and loves music is I love hearing something and I love then sharing it with others who then also hear it and love it too. Like I get something out of that. And I do think that there's a huge piece of this in terms of that fan artist relationship that can come back with, with music NFTs. Liv, I'm going to throw the same question to you from the artist perspective. What's some of the things that you, you know, sincerely value about the web three space and music NFTs in general? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Adria covered a lot of it. I would just say for me, it's, you know, just really getting that one-on-one -on -one experience with people that, you know, really support my music and love what I do and, you know, getting to know them as, as people and, and what excites them, what they kind of want to hear too, um, and be able to kind of frame maybe future songs around that. Um, and I think too, like rewarding people kind of, like you said, for, for supporting me along the way, you know, for being early to, you know, my career or my career in web three, I think I've always like, as I learn more about web three and how it works with, with music, we've always seen it as an additional vertical, uh, not just the end all be all, because I think that in order to be an artist, to the level that I want to be an artist, you have to do all of the things, you know, you can't just pigeonhole yourself in anything. Like, for example, you can't just pigeonhole yourself and you just release songs on streaming, you know, it's got to be on other platforms or, um, you know, you have to meet fans where they are. And I think as this is building uh, and Web3 is building, you want to be accessible in, in all the places. So for us, it's just being able to kind of provide that VIP sort of experience for people that kind of want to take the extra mile in my career and in my music and treat it like a fan club, you know, and reward those people along the way. And um, yeah, so that's kind well, of how, how I I'm, viewed it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it with you, Liv, which is the, with the shadow side of that. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you see in the current Web3 music ecosystem uh, from the artist side. And then Adria, I'd love for you to, I'm sure you're going to have some to shout out as well. So we'll let you take this one first, Liv. Sure. Um, personally, I, I, that's a tough question. I think every artist is different. And I think how sometimes they view NFTs or the space is, is different as well. Like for me, I view it as, you know, fan club approach. And that's always what I've kind of, you know, um, put out into the world too as to like what you're actually getting when you get a beyond reality nft and what that you know embrace embodies i guess or <laughs> includes um i think sometimes for a lot of artists that are you know really entrenched in this is the pressure from now thousands of people that have expectations as to when they buy your nft all of a sudden it's supposed to be worth something in 24 hours it's like this really big expectation on artists that what these sometimes collectors are buying is to also make money and i think there's nothing wrong with that but i do think that the the industry as a whole is going to evolve into something that's a little bit more sustainable it's imp it's impossible for an artist to just be 100 percent on the internet on twitter on twitter spaces and available to you know, thousands of people at any given time. Yeah, <laughs> That's I, just I, kind of my perspective on that. <laughs> I want to validate and, and, and just echo some of what you shared there because the current like 
NFTs as an ecosystem, they're not a sustainable business model right now for a wide variety of reasons. And, you know, a huge part of that, I think, is the collector versus trader, you know, mindset of we've yet to create a world in the NFT ecosystem in Web3 where people just buy things because they like it. Yeah, there's Andrea and me waving our little we buy stuff we like flags, uh, (laughs) you know, in the corner. Um, But like, I never really went in to to flip and and trade. That was never really my my interest in the space. And that pervasive mindset of trading, especially mm-hmm. amidst the market going down so so violently as it has in this bear, I I think that's a really great thing to shout out and and nail um, and name uh, as one of the big issues. It's like the people buying these things for the most part are not buying it from like a, I wanna you know support this artist early in their career and I just want to support them. Some of them are buying it from like, yeah, in 24 hours, this could 10 X and I could then Mm -hmm. go to Vegas for the weekend. So um, Adria, throw that question to you. What what do you see as some of the challenges? I mean, aside from echoing the uh, trader versus collector mentality, which that frustrates me to no end. And I feel like I'm yelling into a a vacuum echo chamber (laughs) that that's not a sustainable economic model for anyone. Um, I think there's also a subset of of both the, the buying base and the artist base that feels like you know, I'm, I am web three and nothing else because all of the other things have wronged me. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of, um, I, I don't even know how to say it without sounding like a total jerk, but there's a lot of that going around. And I think what Liv hit on earlier that you have to do all, you don't become Dua Lipa or Harry Styles or whoever your epitome, the Rolling Stones, whatever. You don't become that unless you do well on a lot of platforms on a lot of facets, on a lot of verticals. And so I think the idea that to do well in Web3, you have to spurn everything else as a, mu- as a musician or an artist or even a management company, that's not reality. And that's not the world that we live in. And so that is one of those kind of you know misnomer things that drives me up the wall when I hear an artist or a manager say, oh, you know, we're going all in on Web3 because nothing else serves us in the way that it should. Well, it's all about finding those things and letting them serve you in what works best for your career. Like, does Spotify pay people what it should? Probably not. But can you utilize that to elevate everything else? Can you utilize that to elevate live shows, to elevate Web3, to elevate, you know, this, that, and the other? Yes, absolutely. And so I think for me, that's those two things. The trader mentality and the idea that it's web three and nothing else those two things probably drive me crazier than anything else oh man you you hit something for me that is a real uh i don't know a real bug in the fly in the ointment i guess if you will which is like i find it particularly cringy when people sing about web three in their songs i just i i I think (laughs) it's a little like I don't mind like the overture. I don't mind the tip of the hat or the nuance to it, you know, like because mm-hmm. it, it is part of, you know, a strategy, you know, if you're a rapper or you're something. But like, I would love to just like have music as a as an audio file that I just like to listen to that happens to be 
done via Web3 as one of the vehicles, not necessarily like hear about Bored Apes in my song. Like right. that, that does that, like it just feels very novelty ish and very cringe to me. And so, you know, I, I don't mind the, the homage, but like the pandering to Web3, it, right. it sort of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know how you all feel about that. No, I think, I mean, that's kind of what I had in mind when I was writing a song for my Web3 NFT project. It's called Beyond Reality, and it's, sure, a little bit, you know, it's about taking a trip into somewhere unknown, and it's got kind of the cool metaphors. It sounds futuristic, but as far as the lyrics go, like when I sat down and wrote it with my co-writer, I was like, I do not want any of these terms in there because... It's just like anything else. Like, I don't want to write something that in, you know, a couple years time is irrelevant or whatever. Like you want to write music, at least I do, that lasts for generations to come. And something that I also perform on stage in my set, you know, this project is just kind of an exclusive for the early collectors to be able to get this song that isn't available anywhere else. But I still want it to be on brand for me and who I am and the message that I want to say. And that doesn't mean that it has to be right on the nose because it's being released as an NFT project. <laughs> I would love to let Adria have a, a crack at this uh, as well. Adria, floor is yours. <laughs> Should I sing a song about my bored ape, Adria? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I mean, if you look at songs that have historically been really, really successful. None of them have a timestamp of the moment. Like if you think about it, Twitter didn't show up in a song that was successful until 15 years after Twitter debuted as a platform, you know? And like, we're still singing about writing letters. Well, I am not singing because those who can't sing manage, but artists are still <laughs> singing about writing letters. Even when is the last time you wrote a letter and put it in an envelope and mailed it? But it's these things that are more classic and tend to lend themselves to long-term success. Um, and truthfully, maybe board apes are around in 15 or 20 years. I don't know. But that's not, for me as a listener, that's not something that I get super jazzed about. Um, do I like the occasional, you know, little crypto like, dick nod butt, to it? Crypto dick butt mention Absolutely in not. a Liv Shrett song. Are <laughs> oh we going to get it on the next release? What do you, what do we think? Uh, we are not because <laughs> management mean, is going to veto that. Oh. I, think if, I think if you're writing maybe a theme song and it's very like specific to something, sure. But if it's you as the artist and it's your project, I just have thoughts i guess well okay <laughs> so so we've we've really zoomed in on music and web three in this conversation but now i want to go to the other part of the pie some of those other vehicles and vessels that both uh live you and adria were referring to and i do want to give some time to talk streaming and spotify uh apple music the streaming platforms and, and from an artist management perspective and from an artist perspective i'll let adria uh start first on this one like you know, a lot of Web3 views Spotify as the, the evil empire. I personally do not view it that way. Um, I've never enjoyed my relationship with discovering music more than using Spotify um, right. and, and as, a, as a fan of music, not as an artist, to be clear. So I would just want to hear both of you sort of give me your take on Spotify and its relationship to your work and how do you view it as a, as a future, you know... A, 
part of the music industry uh, you know is this something that's going to go away or 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 is this here forever Ooh, that's a tough one do you want to go first adria <laughs> i love this question i absolutely love talking about this because for all of the negative that spotify tends to be the placeholder for all streaming because it was the first platform that really launched streaming into the stratosphere so they tend to get the bad guy rap. Do they pay out enough? Probably not. Do they, you know, make a lot more money than they give back to artists? Absolutely. But despite the fact that streaming is what has created this idea that music is a free commodity, they have done so much good for artists. And a lot of the artists that I see lodging complaints about this don't understand that 20 years ago you would not have a career because spotify has done so much for underrepresented underfunded and independent artists in a way that the label system never would have you would have been shopping your cd around nashville or new york or la or chicago or atlanta whatever music city miami you know whatever music city you're in you would have been taking that CD to every single record label and 90% of the time they would tell you they can't take it because they don't take unsolicited material. And so the fact that you can put your song on a platform, you can work with your distributor, get it up on every single platform and get it out to the masses, like that's huge. And that's not going away anytime soon. And the number of artists that I have worked with that have found fan bases through streaming is it's huge almost every one of them has found a brand new fan base through streaming that even if they were a physical album sale artist they did not have before and so my take on it is you have to take the good with the bad and you have to do with it what works for your career where you are with what you have to work with and if you have you know a $20 marketing budget, you go do all of the free marketing that you can. And then you shove that $20 in whatever marketing stream you want to, whether it's ads or, you know, a promo video or whatever, but make the most of what is there. It is a free, essentially free service at your fingertips to get your music out into the world. Yep. 100%. That's my soapbox moment. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Liv, anything you want to add there? No, I mean, I think I, I mean, I have the same thoughts as Adria and I would just say, you know, I've heard equally like the amount of people that have complained about, you know, having to do social media in general, you know, to have to do TikTok, like, oh, I'm not going to do TikTok because every time I post a video, I only get 200 views. And it's like, well, how often are you uploading and are you actually, you know, trying to produce quality content? And also it's free so why not try that's kind of my thing is like if i have the opportunity to you know get my music out there or to get my face out there my personality to show different sides of me that i'm not you know just a musician i'm not just a gamer or a podcaster like i'm a human i think that people fall in love with the person first a lot of the time and then they get excited about you know the music and the stories that they have to tell so for me like spotify is just another way to meet people you know where they're at like to have your your music heard possibly by people that 
would never hear it otherwise. It's just another opportunity to to meet those people where they are. And so, you know, I've been fortunate to, you know, have some success on Spotify, have success in, you know, posting on TikTok and all that stuff. And it's it's all those vertical verticals combined that I think make you a marketable artist. And when you're looking for opportunities to to level up, you are able to present people with, you know, a deck of things that you've been able to do, which then keeps allowing you to further your career. If you put, you know, a halt onto something just because you feel like, is it frustrating that you don't get paid more for streams? Absolutely. I mean, I think that music should be a moneymaker. And that's why I do love the opportunity of NFTs and Web3 because you are making money directly on, you know, every NFT you sell. But at the same time, am I going to not meet people where they're at and not, you know, make my music accessible to them? No, because I don't want to cut off an entire fan base that I could be reaching. So that's just my view is I want to be well-rounded and be able to, you know, not give anybody a reason to say no. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a lot of really interesting platforms like sound.xyz. Um, there's like uh, Cooper Turley with with Cooper Trooper Record. There, there's people doing really interesting things, you know, mm-hmm. and then like uh, even Napster, you know, uh, or was it? Yeah, it was Napster, right? That they they did some music NFTs, too. And I, I I remember like going on there and you could only listen to the song if you had the NFT. I don't know how sustainable is it like doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I, I think your point is noted, which is like it, it requires a wide variety of approaches and vessels to growing your community. I guess my question to go back to Adria would be, you know, clearly there's a lot of data harvested from Spotify and you talked about the sort of absence of that artist fan connection. And do you have any takes on how, you know, these large streaming conglomerates could better provide, you know, use blockchain to better provide artists with meaningful data that could help them sort of create a stronger, more curated, more robust relationship with their bigger fans? Yeah, for sure. They absolutely could utilize blockchain to help signify who those larger fans are and then you know you build a tour around that and you go to the markets where they have larger you know more uh, active listeners and people who actively engage with the stuff and and for us i would like to see some sort of platform where we get the data from everything and can aggregate it and see you know this many people have streamed these songs and this many people have bought this merch and this many people have watched it on TikTok and some way, you know, in my dream life, I have access to all of that data. Um, But I think, you know, blockchain is helpful and not just streaming, ticket sales. Like if I could get all of the data from the ticket company, the large ticket company who shall not be named, but I think everybody knows who I'm talking about, about every ticket that an artist that I work with sells in a market, that would be a game changer. You know, artists don't have access to fan data pretty much at all, short of NFTs, blockchain related things, and basically artist to fan fan club sales. Um, So I think having a unique way of doing that, like the blockchain gives them that opportunity and it's very easy. They're already doing things where they're aggregating data. So why not, you know, slap it on the blockchain and make digital collectibles for people who 
are active, heavy listeners. Yeah, I think about Spotify wrapped. And if I got a badge for the artist that I was a top 0.5 or a top 1% fan of, I think that would be really cool. And I would certainly rather have that. There's a sense of value given to me as the fan. And then you could gate a lot of things off of that too. You you could gate presale access. You know, right now, you know, I get an email, you know, for Quinn 92 and it's like, hey, you know, you listen to him on Spotify. Here's a presale. I would love to get access to the best seats you know, uh, for his tour because I'm a top 5% or just get that becomes your fan club. And there's things that you could actually give the listener rather than transacting the listener. Like they've, they've, you've already transacted them with their time and attention that you could do from that. And, and this is a question to either of you last question and we'll wrap up, which is PFPs of, of animals with some form of an adjective modifier in front of them were sort of like the, the 100 level, NFT. And now you've seen a lot more happen. You've seen generative art really take off music. Right now, it seems to be mint my song, mint my song, mint my song. So I'm just Mm -hmm. curious if either of you have a a take on what the next step in the music NFT evolution, you know, that that next step, what does it look like from either of your perspectives? Ooh, that's a tough one. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like pondering. I mean, I think it's it's the same for music NFTs that it is for every other mem- other every other NFT membership, membership, membership. That is the next right. step. If you are not getting a membership into something, it's just a fancy JPEG, realistically. And so, I think both membership with a component of gamification, like okay, here is my token. It's it gets me into this token gated website where I can, you know look at these tweets and play this game and whatever. And all of a sudden I have three points that I can use towards uh, either a digital collectible, another digital collectible, a physical wearable, like I can order a t-shirt, you know, that to me is the next wave. And that is something that, um, you know, I may or may not be actively working on. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, alpha dropping. Alpha oh, oh, dropping. I said what I said. <laughs> I heard it. And it's going to be in the show notes. So uh, too late to recant that one. Uh, Liv, anything you want to add before we start to wrap up? I mean, I would just say, you know, membership and that feeling of exclusivity. I think it's kind of like how you described it, uh, Jeremy, like, you know, playing to earn or like having something that keeps your fans engaged and excited, you know, whether that's like cumulative kind of collecting. There's just something about you know, either uh, like commemorating a moment and earning something from it. And that's kind of the gamifications side that I think is really enticing. Like for example, Peloton, like I'm, I'm a huge Peloton person and I'm very excited when I earn these badges from different rides that I do. And it makes me want to participate in something. They're also really great at community. And I kind of view that a little bit like NFTs in a sense, you know, that's the fitness side, but I think music can kind of emulate that. And I think we're just like in the early stages, but I think it's, you know, I think we're really going back to that approach of the fan to fan. And, you know, I've always kind of viewed my career that way, which is kind of exciting to see that, that we're really going back to the old school ways of, you know, the thousand true fans or whatever, but actually getting to know them and just being able to kind of leverage that for their benefit and to be, you know, just excited, but to really 
go back to the cliche term community is really, you know, being able to build that. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes. And I love, you know, the, the possibilities of the technology. Well, let's let's talk beyond reality before we wrap today. You know, this is your project. Um, you know, this was something that you created. So I'll give you a second to talk about what the vision for for beyond reality is and maybe give people in, information if uh, if they haven't heard of it yet. Sure. So beyond reality is my first music NFT collection, my fan club, and it's uh, it includes a generative art PFP of glamorous aliens. Each piece of art, uh, all the traits actually have something to do with me and my story, like the hot air balloon tattoos. That's I have a hot air balloon tattoo, some music note tattoos. Um, and I just wanted it to just be reflective of, you know, of people and beauty and hopefully, you know, people see themselves in these glamorous aliens, but they also get the song Beyond Reality, which is just about taking, um, you know, a big adventure to something unknown and traveling somewhere, maybe into another dimension, which I sometimes feel is very <laughs> Web3 and metaverse -y. And um, yeah, I'm just really proud of the collection, proud of the community that we've built and, you know, wanted it to be at an accessible price for people to be able to jump in and be part of something. So you can access all of that at livesharette.com slash NFT to check out the project and all the, the cool perks you get along with it. And we would love to have you part of the the alien crew. <laughs> yeah, I am part of the alien crew. I have a green, you are. I have a green alien with uh, like lightning bolt <laughs> tattoos uh, and a gold background. So um, yes. appreciate that. I really want to thank uh, both Adria uh, and Liv for giving up some time and being the first guest of Wave. Uh, ah. You know, hopefully we don't get canceled <laughs> after one episode, and then you'd also be the last guest of Wave. But. <laughs> Um, all, all kidding aside, I really appreciate your contributions to the space and um, you guys are definitely real ones and uh, I couldn't think of a better duo, dynamic duo to have uh, join for the first episode. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank I'm, you I'm so honored to, to be part of the first episode and grateful for Web3 and NFTs for bringing us together because I don't know. I'm sure our paths would have maybe crossed one day, but just very grateful for that and uh, grateful for you and, and you're awesome and Thanks for so, having us. So who's the next guest I need to have on? You need to we're gonna we're gonna do a, like a guest chain. So who who is episode two need to be oh, with? This is we'll tough. do it again next week. Oh perfect. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> we'll be back again. <laughs> That's a good we answer. We like That's hanging a, out with you. Perfect. That sounds good to me. Well, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank um, you. and actually, truthfully, there are so many people building the music space in web three. Um, I think there are so many cool people that could, could do really great things on your podcast. So I, hey, I was going to say, I'm happy to send you a list. Okay, I was going to say good. Mary Beth Salas because she connected she all of did us. Connect, she connected the world, really. Uh, <laughs> she really Mary, has. Mary Beth needs to be definitely a guest in the not too distant future. So yeah, thanks so much yes. for, for joining Adria and Liv. Check out lives music all that's in the show notes check out her project beyond reality and uh it's just great music from a really talented artist and and you can see the energy in this uh this duo of, of why they're crushing it so uh again thanks so much for joining thank you hope you enjoyed this first episode of wave i'll be back next week on monday 
with a new episode. We'll have to see who the next guest is, but there's a lot of great people to choose from, especially coming fresh out of NFT NYC. So without further ado, thank you for listening, and we'll check you out next week on Wave. Wave.